Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. everybody and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. This is one of the extra episodes because I just noticed of late you cannot escape from conversations about Jose Mourinho and surprisingly when talking about Jose Mourinho it's quite a divisive topic. Um, You could say the Tottenham fan base is approaching Sherwood levels of civil war. I don't think we're quite there yet but Whether you're too positive, too negative, in, out, snowflake, gammon, everyone's got an opinion on the man. Were we right to bring him in? Should we sack him? Who knows? But one person who has lived the Jose Mourinho experience and is here to tell the tale is a Man United supporting friend of mine who goes by the name of Scott Saunders. Um, So I thought I'd speak to him, see what he thinks about it and asked for some of his reflections on the time under the surly Portuguese. Here we go. Right, hello and welcome to Rule the Roost podcast, Mr Scott Saunders, head of head of English, as we said, a careful differentiation, head of English content, written content for 90 Men. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you, mate. Um, it's been a little while, um, so it's an excellent opportunity for us to catch up. Yeah, I wanted to see. I wanted to give you your dues and give you like a, a formal introduction there, just to highlight your kind of standing within the game, as it were. Before, obviously, I uh, let everyone know you're you're also a, a pal, a buddy of mine. So uh, <laughs> if I do speak somewhat informally to to you at any point, everybody will know it's you know I'm not just really sort of overly familiar with people. We have previous. But I, I was I was getting you in to speak about a certain man of uh, who we are now both familiar with. Um, I was going to say intimately, but that probably tells the wrong <laughs> story in a way. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Jose Mourinho. That's that's the the person in question. Uh, Scott is a Manchester United fan. For anyone listening, um, and. I, I wanted to talk to you basically because over the past few weeks there's been, you know, rather rather surprisingly, I think you'll 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 find there's been somewhat of a uh, a chasm forming in Tottenham's fan base of people who like Jose Mourinho and people who don't. I mean, it's 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 not like he's really had a noted history of being a divisive That's figure. That's quite or anything like uncommon. That. Can I just say that that is quite an uncommon feature of Jose Mourinho's management at a club, isn't it? You know, I mean, I know Tottenham. We like to think of ourselves as being quite unique, but I mean, you know that that is that is something. Um, 
but I do, you know, I do jokes aside. I do remember talking to you kind of back in the day when we when we did work together, and Mourinho was in charge of United. And the reason why I wanted to talk to you today is because I, I seem to recall from chatting to you that you were always in a sort of similar place to where I am now on him in so much as um and I don't want to put words into your mouth I'll just tell you where I am and you can tell me if I'm correct or not in my assumption but I have the feeling now that there's a lot that he's doing that outside I mean I don't particularly like him as a bloke I never really have done but if I put that to the side I I <laughs> there's a lot that he does that irritates me and I find wrong should we say but it feels like it's very easy when things are not going right and they weren't going right before he came in to just pin it all onto him and to make him because he lends himself so easily to this to being the kind of figure of let's just get rid of Mourinho and everything will be solved um Thus, I kind of find it hard to really bang this drum of, like, let's get rid of him. Because I still see the reasons why Tottenham brought in a manager like Mourinho. And I still see that we are in a cup final and we're still in two other cup competitions. So, you know, um, I mean, first of all, like, how did... Am I right in saying that? Were you sort of in a similar place with him at United? I think I think so. Yeah, um, I, I think I differ from you in the sense that I've obviously I get that he's quite spiky with you know his behaviour. I, I think he he did a post match interview last week that I didn't like. Um, where he snapped at a reporter, and I don't like that. But generally, I think he's really good for the game. He's massively entertaining. Um, and I just think characters like that are just so we don't have enough of them in a, in a sense. And I've, I've always followed it, followed him with a lot of interest and followed him. I, lo- I like his charisma and like that kind of stuff. Um, but it was diff- it's diff- kind of different when he's manager of your club and you, you kind of admire him from afar in a sense. And then you see all these little behaviors and little parts of his character that um, eventually rub the wrong way um, with the direction that your club want to go in. Um, So we definitely, I I think we're on the same page with him, Um, but I am seeing now, I haven't, obviously I don't think I've quite seen it as much as, uh, as much as you might have being, you know, right in the center of the Tottenham fan base. Um, But I am seeing there's a bit of uh, division there and I will say that that followed him around when he was at Manchester United for even before when he was appointed. Um, and the, the longer he goes into his career, the the more it goes on, the, you know, the longer he stays at clubs. There is this pattern that tends to tends to follow him. But like I say, um, or like you say, sorry, uh, United had several of their own problems at the time of hiring him and they still haven't fixed them. And that's always come from above. So it's not always his fault. I, just, I would just like to put that in. So, I mean, there's, 
there's, there's quite a conversation here to sort of expand into, obviously. Well, I'm hoping there is because I've sort of made this an, in, an entire <laughs> podcast. But I wanted to sort of pick up on, on that about his spikiness and about his personality before we kind of look into the infrastructural reasons as to why somebody like Mourinho is is good for a club. Um and I I definitely agree with you in in the respect that like it is because I always felt that when he was at United um it was harder to when he was at Chelsea because obviously the rivalry between Spurs and Chelsea overshadows a lot of it but when he was at a club like United who I've never really had a, a strong kind of distaste for. If anything, I've always quite liked United because he stopped Arsenal doing so well in the <laughs> in the noughties and everything like that. Um, and that sort of idea of having a, a personality, the kind of blockbuster type approach it has. I mean, you know, we had all or nothing this this summer and like some people have said and some people have speculated, I myself... Um, can't help but speculate that perhaps one of the motivating reasons behind Pochettino sacking was his reluctance to really get on board with the making of a documentary which I mean was probably less of a documentary more of a global branding exercise and <laughs> who who do you want more in something like that really than yeah what more could you ask for than a character like Jose Mourinho really um, yeah. everybody knows him and like you say, it doesn't. I don't think it hurts the Premier League and just football in general to have to have personalities like that around it. It takes all different types, right? Doesn't it to to make up the tapestry? I mean, as much as Jurgen Klopp can infuriate me, especially when you see some of the stuff coming out of last night, I've still got a level of begrudging kind of admiration and almost, I guess. You know, a certain, I don't know if, if affection is the right word, really, but I can definitely see the point that if Jürgen Klopp was in charge of my club, I'd probably like him, <laughs> you know. He's that <laughs> sort of figure. Um, and Mourinho is almost the antithesis of that, in a way, I think. It's like, I actually really probably didn't mind him as much when he was at United and saw a lot of that that benefit to him and his presence. Um but now he's at Spurs, and like you say, you see those kind of narkier bits come out. I, I, I sort of find it a bit more tiresome. Um, and when I think about one of like the notable points um, of his, of of kind of what I think was emblematic of a lot of his time at United was his rather sort of public spats with Paul Pogba and with Luke Shaw, who are two players now who are I mean Luke Shaw definitely and Paul Pogba in kind of patches who have been two of your you know leading lights since since he's gone probably I mean Paul Pogba's less of a surprise really I think everybody's known what a talent he is and everything like that um, but Luke Shaw I guess he signed him off of the back of a couple of promising seasons at Southampton but was still very young still very raw uh had some very bad injuries to overcome um and probably wasn't afforded the arm around the shoulder that you know 
I think that's safe to say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, That someone like Solskjaer's probably given him. And we're starting to see that a bit with Deli Ali as a as a notable example now, somewhat perhaps in Gareth Bale, but that's that I mean that's another conundrum we're not so sure on. But for somebody that is lauded as this pragmatist, do you think Mourinho he what did you think about the Pogba Shaw thing? Was was there any pragmatism there now that the dust has settled or do you think that was a case of him letting his ego and personal issues with players or, you know, perhaps certain executives who may be putting pressure on him to play certain players because of a financial value attached to them, letting that kind of get in the way of running things day to day on a smooth basis? Oh, I think it was definitely, it, it's it's a trait of Mourinho, goes into a lot of clubs. You saw it with Ike Casillas at Real Madrid, he, like he's where he's, you know, fallen out with senior players and in, in some cases eventually led to them like leaving clubs. Um, and I think it's it's a pattern that's followed him around. I, I'm not really sure of what the reason is behind it. Maybe it's an exertion of power. Maybe it's kind of a, a statement that you do it my way. And I think it's worked to a degree with with some players. Um, you know, and Dombley was out in the cold last season, and he's yeah. he's come back in and like he's proved that even if you are kind of on that side, that you can actually make your way back in if you perhaps adhere to his instructions. I'm not sure. Um, but the the difficult thing for me with uh, with with Mourinho at United was he was looking to do it his way. Um, He will always, he spoke loads about um, the players being a little bit too young. I I can't, I can't exactly grab a quote, but I know that that is, he likes to work with players who are at the peak of their powers. You look at Harry Kane now and he will praise him to obviously like completely just justified. He will praise him. He will talk him up as the world's best Yeah, because Harry Kane does it every week um and you see you the, the one thing that sticks out with me with Mourinho is <laughs> there was a time where he tried to um push United to sell Anthony Martial and he was looking at Ivan Perisic as as a player who would come in and take that job you know uh, on, on the left wing or whatever just you know guarantee that there's somebody who would work hard in there a, a guy who has been there and done it he's won he's won different things he's at the peak age of his career at the, at the time that Mourinho was at United and he just wants warriors for him and in in a, in a sense he's really ever shown that he can go and develop players and I think it was a big worry for me uh when Mourinho was at United that he wanted to transition away from the likes of you know a Pogba or a Luke Shaw. I think that there was that um, famous interview he did where he said that Shaw's running up and down the pitch, but he's using my brain or something like that mm-hmm. um, after after one game in particular. And Shaw never really kicked on. Marcus Rashford never really kicked on. You know, there was a lot of different players in there who perhaps weren't guided in the way because they either weren't at the right age for Mourinho or they didn't have the right attitude. And I think the game has changed a lot uh, from when Mourinho was at his absolute peak. 
maybe he hasn't caught up. Um, but the, the big worry for me at the time was who would win that war, <laughs> in a sense. And I, I see that um, obviously Delhi has stayed at Tottenham uh, despite like links with Paris Saint-Germain or, or other clubs in January in the summer. I think that was a common theme of his of his reign at United, where he was trying to push these types of players out, even though he has... We all know that Mourinho has a shelf life, you know, uh, three, four years or whatever. It could even be shorter. But there's that battle of, you know, freezing out players who you know that when Mourinho's gone can still be there and go up levels after he's gone because they're of the right age and because they have the right ability. Uh, I know how fond of uh, Dele Alli Tottenham fans are. And there's a little bit of a worry there. It's always the battle with him of who wins that war you know i i think if, if Mourinho had it his way he'd have 11 to 15 30 somethings in his team and they would all work to the bone for him and that's how he would succeed i don't really know how players of, of Deli ali's age or marcus rashford's age you know they're not finished articles and i think he likes to work with finished articles so when he's calling players out maybe it's to try and make a statement to the people who are above him give me more of what i want and it's not it doesn't always make for the best or the most enjoyable experience you know for a fan the problem is right because when you do actually when you consider players like you know Ndombele last season for example um and you know more notably this season is Delhi, obviously and Bale to a to a lesser extent. Like I say, there is still confusion on that one, so we'll probably caveat that with that. Um, but like you say, Shaw, Pogba, Martial, Rashford. It's he does have a tendency, right, to highlight players where you can make the. It's hard to make a fully compelling case as to why he's entirely wrong in his assertion that this player could be moved on do you, do you get what I mean like and I think that's that's one of the ways in which he's quite I don't think it's like some I mean it could well be you, you know what his personality's like at least when he projects it could be some like grand Machiavellian scheme but there is always this like element to it where I'm like because I do I love Delhi and I I want Tottenham to hold on to him I, I you know I think before the thing that people, I guess the point I want to make is that before Mourinho came into this situation, Deli Ali and his place at Tottenham was something that was in discussion. Right, it was probably off of so the highs of say the sixteen seventeen in particular, then kind of seventeen eighteen season when everything he did was just golden, pretty much. Um, and he's had a, a sort of few injuries. The team has lost a bit of momentum, a bit of structure behind him with the loss of Dembele and uh, Wanyama, notably. Um, that Deli Ali sort of fallen out of favour, and he fell out of favour somewhat with Pochettino as well, to a degree. But he still shows enough glimpses here and there to to remind you of of his quality. But then when somebody like Mourinho comes in, who, you know, Pochettino spoke before he was kicked out the door of 
the need for there to be a, a painful rebuild at Tottenham. Um, and it's sometimes hard to know with somebody like with Mourinho if he, yeah, he's a he's a bit of a dick about it and the way he goes about it. But you know, maybe he's just that guy that's coming into something with fresh eyes and is enough of a of a dick as I've said already to <laughs> to just say look you know he's just this guy isn't yeah he's got a lot of talent but he doesn't he doesn't bring enough to it and you know yeah it's 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 all well and good in hindsight to say you know now I guess that Luke Shaw and Pogba to a to a degree are are kind of doing really well but I mean, would would you sort of say that at the time that there was even a part of you that was like, okay, again, in this example, he's not handling it the best way, but also maybe these two aren't kind of, you know, we have had issues for the past few years, basically since Ferguson's left, and maybe these guys aren't here, and this is like this is Jose Mourinho. He's the guy that's here to fix these problems and maybe doesn't do it in the nicest way, but he's identified a problem and he's trying to move it on in as quick as quick in a fashion as possible towards success. Yeah, I, I suppose it depends what lens you look at it through. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty obvious the reason why Tottenham brought Mourinho in was to win things. And I think um, if he, even if he wins the League Cup final this season, then that's it. Like, he can somehow spin that as a success because Tottenham haven't won a trophy for however long it's been, 13 years or something long. like that. <laughs> Uh, too long um, and it, it's about I suppose like like I say which lens you look at it through because as a fan what are you are you more concerned about the long-term health of your club or would you prefer to throw all your eggs in this basket of let's do it Mourinho's way um, and to do it Mourinho's way you need to have people who will you know give their all for him who are at the very very peak of their powers at the time um listen to every instruction that he has and it is it is very difficult in a sense because Mourinho is so about the now and the way he defines his success is by being in the now and it's always judged based on the trophies that he won over a certain period of two or three years or whatever he's not but if you're where I will say United went wrong with him was they didn't go fully with Mourinho because of the problems that obviously I've, I've just mentioned, you know, of, you know, he, he wants these players of, at, at their peaks, but if you get rid of them, <laughs> what do you do after he's gone? Mm. Um, so I think United didn't fully go Mourinho's way. And that's where, when I think it was his second summer, um, so his first summer, he won. His first summer he came in. Second summer he just won trophies. Third summer was when it all started to go apart for him, and I think that was because they disagreed on like transfer targets and that kind of thing. Um, it really depends on <laughs> what you want from your club, in, in a sense. I always, when Mourinho came into United, I thought we've got to try and win some trophies here. We've got to get back in the league title mix. But if he'd have got it his way, he probably would have taken United to a better place than he got them. 
but it would have been at the detriment of the club who would have needed to rebuild after he'd gone. Um, and it's, I suppose you have to you have to think about what you want as a as a Tottenham fan. Do you want the long term health of the club to be, you know, in a good state after he's gone, or do you want everything now and then just dine out on it for the next five years? Because it's you can't really get both with Mourinho. I don't think selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I mean, am I am I correct in saying he was the first manager to win something for you post-Ferguson? That was, uh, unless you count the Community Shield, which I'm sure uh, Mourinho would. Um, Louis van Gaal won the FA Cup. Okay. Um, and then he was <laughs> he was sacked that evening or the next day uh, with Mourinho coming in soon after. So I don't think United considered the FA Cup and I think they missed out on top four that season as well. I don't think they considered that enough. Um, but oh, it's, it's, a, it's always a difficult one with Mourinho. Um, you know, <laughs> I suppose it, it, like I say, it's where you, what your priorities are for your club at one time. How, how do you feel about it at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's because it's not the most perfect comparison, uh, Tottenham and Manchester United. I mean, with all due respect to my beloved Spurs, but, you know, we're, we're talking about a kind of, in terms of expectation of not only, I guess, probably board owners, but a global fan base of a club that's really only rivaled in size by Real Madrid or Barcelona still to this day. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that about Manchester United because you've had a few wilderness years that you are literally like one of the biggest football clubs ever. Um, and just sporting brands, if you like, if we want to take it to that kind of modern football, if you like, level. Um but the level, the, but with that, my point is that with that carries a certain expectation, um, and you can see again, like you can you can so clearly see the pattern as to why somebody like Mourinho was seen as a as a viable candidate, right? Like this is a guy who mm-hmm. had literally run everything and won everything with 
style to a degree but back in you know back in the day like every everybody remembers the the kind of Porter team and I know people talk about oh you know well he was blessed with all these players but you know what's to say those players would have been those players without him helping you know I think I think it's very easy to to with in hindsight take away from somebody's you know achievements but I think anybody really would be trying their very hardest to say that Jose Mourinho in his prime wasn't an exceptional football manager um, and is somebody with a track record of success at the very highest level in many different clubs. Um, so you can see why the, the there is a sound kind of idea to bringing him to a club like Manchester United, who, after Ferguson went, I mean, it was an impossible appointment, right? And we can all have a laugh at you bringing in Moyes, but Moyes was a he was a bright youngish manager, you know, at Everton. He 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 had a decent standing, a decent reputation in England at least at that point. Um, much in the same way that. I probably wouldn't say it would be too unlike somebody going for a Ralph Hasenhutl now, right? I guess, maybe yeah. when you brought Moyes in. Um, but it, it's because it is an interesting point, and this is what it kind of comes down to. And it's it's why it's almost made it a bit more the strange for Tottenham now, in the point that you've highlighted there, in that how much. How important is it to you to to just get your hands on silverware at basically the long term cost of the club? Because I think that's that's what Spurs are looking at, um, and it it seems to be like are we trading <laughs> a lot of stability <laughs> um, that we had? Yeah, okay, it it did. I'm not going to revise history. It did drastically peter off at the end of Pochettino's reign but I think there's a there's a lot going into that there's I think there's a level of mental and physical exhaustion behind everybody involved with the club at that point after that Champions League final defeat um and just the lack of investment the uphaul to the new stadium the Wembley years everything you know that was involved in that whole reign with Pochettino um and yeah I mean it it's a it's a it's a very interesting way of looking at like things through that kind of harsher lens as in like you know because the competition in in England is is stark at the moment yeah he was he was brought in essentially at a time when there wasn't so much a power vacuum at all. It's not like, okay, let's bring in Mourinho and let's try and go for the let's try and go for the Premier League title because there's a vacuum there. Yeah, we brought him in in the midst of Liverpool being an absolute, you know, juggernaut at the time. Um, loath as yeah. I am to say it. And Manchester City, yeah, okay, they were having a bit of a say like rebuild, um, and they still are debatably in the midst of a kind of rebuilding phase should we say but my point is so much as that I don't think Tottenham are bringing in Jose Mourinho to try and 
win the league and exploit a kind of perhaps like a yeah a Premier League that was crying out for somebody to just like take the reins. They were banking on we've actually won nothing under Pochettino. Let's try and win something while before Harry Kane and Hoodman Son <laughs> hand in transfer requests. You know. Um, and that naturally leads you to think of the League Cup, the FA Cup. But there's even, I mean, it's it's twofold for me, right, mate? With with Spurs, we've got a club that is in dire need of winning something, right? We have to. It's it's not just a case of like, oh, we've got to win something because people take the piss out of us, or we've got to win something <laughs> to to improve our brand of which are probably two concerns still within the mix, but it's more a case that it's become such a mental hurdle now, I think, that a lot of our players and just the club needs to believe that it can get something over the line because we came so, so close twice in the league and then obviously the Champions League rather painfully. It was just, it was so close to it, but still no cigar at any point um that I, I i do think we're kind of stuck in this rut of just feeling like we're not going to get there like it and what 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 for me stood out um i can remember i went to to watch the fa cup semi-final actually against united with ben uh ben yeah. haynes um and uh, for any Tottenham fans listening, host of Oh What a Night Pod and Tottenham's N17 Live, the pre-show uh, pre-show put out by the club, which is good. But anyway, enough plug-in for Ben. Um, <laughs> is that I, I just remember us both showing up that day and it kind of being a bit flat. We should have been excited, but we were both just like looking around and hearing other people talking about it. It just had that feel of like, arguably, we are in, at least we're in a better moment than United right now. But they win these games and we don't. And it's just that kind of feeling that hangs over Spurs a bit at the moment of like, we don't win these games. Like, we just don't. We don't... Spursy, Doctor Tottenham, whatever you want to call it, you know, it is like, and it's it's the feeling that I've got now in terms of like looking at the Carabao Cup against Man City. You know, it's it's all well and good for people outside a situation to to say, ah, oh, it's a cup final. You know, anything can happen. But now, as a Spurs fan, and I, I don't speak on behalf of all Tottenham fans, but I would say that there's a there's a large percentage of Spurs fans now who who all just feel like we're not going to win that because we don't because we just we bottle it or whatever people want to say um and I guess the hope was that somebody like Mourinho could come and come and shift that um but I mean I I know it wasn't like a league title and stuff but he he did still you know he won a a, a major piece of silverware for you in in the Europa League, UEFA Cup, whatever you want to call it. I know it's not the Champions League, but it's still. It was a kind of it was a rung, on the ladder towards success of tasting something like you were probably used to as a United fan, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So was the 
Was there a level there of acceptance in a way of like, yeah, okay, it's been pretty hard to get to that point, but we've kind of done it that, and he finished second with you as well, which is which is probably worth noting. Second to a pretty ridiculous city side as well. That is the unfortunate thing, uh, you know, facing Man City in the final of the League Cup, who are in they've won fourteen games in a row. <laughs> Um, they're really looking like, you know, their old selves again. And in their old selves, they, they've hit some massive highs with Pep. Um, I, I do think that there's a number of reasons why Tottenham did look at someone like Mourinho in order to and, and brought him in. Because you talk about those games, um, United were managed by Mourinho at the time that they won that semi-final against Spurs. So perhaps... Um, that was the extra kick that they needed and they needed somebody like that who'd been there and done it, who'd won, who'd won things, you know, to just give you the extra kick, like you say, to convince players like Harry Kane that they were going in the right direction. Um, it, it's, it's a tough one really with uh, <laughs> accepting the performances that are kind of, he's putting in or his teams are putting in because United weren't brilliant in his first season, but it was such a relief when they did manage to lift. I, I was at I was at Wembley for the League Cup final against Southampton. That was a brilliant day, um, and the Europa League final win was it was just such a relief. Because I remember at the time there was a lot of noise about how United were playing awful football, and to a degree, a lot of a lot of the people were right. But I knew from I don't want to sound like some kind of mystic guy or, or whatever <laughs> but I, like I, I knew that United would win the Europa League that year and Mourinho did that do, do you know what I mean yeah. and I think that that is a lot of the that's a, that's a big chunk of the reason why Tottenham have now got Mourinho I feel like when you when you did sack Pochettino yes Spurs weren't playing very well at the time the results did justify it in a sense but you look at the squad that is there, and I, I go back to the point about um, ages and being at peaks and this kind of thing. It was either Pochettino's painful rebuild or or sack Pochettino, which which is going to cost more, you know. Um, and you, I, I, I get it from a sense of, I think there's or from Daniel Levy's sense of, I think that there's more that we can get out of this team, and Mourinho's the right person to do it. Um, I, I think that. He he is really good at turning a fan base or giving confidence to a fan base in a sense just because of his record. Um, it might not feel like it with the performances and I'm not sure Tottenham fans are actually there. But from my experiences with Mourinho in charge, I would always defend him because I could see that United were, they were not playing great football, but he was he just made me believe in a sense that they were going, they were going to win something. And that Europa league win was just, I can't, I can't express the relief at the time because United were, I think they finished sick that year. Um, that was when my Twitter replies were full of, I could say anything. And the first reply would be sick, sick, sick. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, it, it just, it got so tiresome. Uh, it was a big relief, but, um, Mourinho said uh, in the season after that that his coming second with that team was his best achievement as a manager or one of them, uh, which 
sounded quite ridiculous at the time, but you look at how the squad has had to be overhauled since since Solskjaer's come in, and you can kind of understand that Mourinho always felt that he needed more, and he was he turned out right for a lot of things. Um, it's it's such a it's such a weird he's such a weird manager in, in comparison to you know all of the others that are out there with different projects that you look at Arsenal, you look at um, United, you look at how Chelsea tried to do it with Lampard. They're all looking to the future, whereas Tottenham are kind of stuck with this manager who is all about doing it right now, you know? Um, And I don't know whether that belief will ever come for Tottenham fans. Maybe a League Cup win might help, but um, it's, it's such an... It's such an odd thing to see your team not playing very well in most cases, but still kind of winning games. I know that results haven't been great recently, um, but for me, it was always it was always there. I always felt like <laughs> until it absolutely went south, I always had that confidence that Mourinho would eventually succeed. But with every job he takes, or well, I know this, the Tottenham job is the next one he's taken after United since you know, the belief wanes a little bit. Um, and I, I don't really know uh, how you... Has he installed that confidence in you yet? I know you said you just you didn't feel it, but um, what, what will he have to do to, you know, make it happen? Well, the funny thing is, like, he started to for a while. Around Christmas time, um, I mean, the way we beat Manchester City and then Arsenal... That seemed to be his game plan coming into into just perfection. It, it, it because it was the it seemed as though the playing staff were all on side, and he had clearly identified kind of a, a strong way of yeah. I know people talk about it parking the bus and low block and all that, but I didn't even really see it as that. I saw it as like so. This is this is basically what he's trying to do. Yeah, okay, it will be maybe an initial parking of the bus if we want to use those kind of terms but it's still a sense of containing them letting them try and knock on the door but having a kind of clear vision a clear point to that um which you you kind of worry now in the respect of like when you actually look at our our possession especially in the few games where Kane hasn't played when you look at us in in possession and the lack of ideas that we seem to have this is where the alarm bells are starting to ring when you when you hear about the kind of like the the peaking menu uh, menu the <laughs> not peaking menu the peaking like guide or something like that what manual that was it peaking manual <laughs> It's a peaking menu. It sounds like a, a restaurant thing, doesn't it? A takeaway, but um, the peaking manual that he that the Real Madrid players called it when you know they effectively said that all he did was coach them in various different defensive drills and then tell them to express themselves going forwards. Um, and in these kind of trickier games, especially like I say, ones without Kane. <laughs> kind of do worry that like we don't really have much of an idea in possession other than relying on our kind of strengths 
in our squad, which are more attacking players, really. Our players of actual real quality. The sort of players I would look at in Tottenham squad and think they could get into most Premier League teams, including like your Liverpools, your Man Cities, or at least their match day squads. Um, so Kane, Son, so on and so forth. Probably just Kane and Son. <laughs> but, um, but other than that, like, yeah, I mean, we look drilled defensively to a T. It's more like individual errors that are letting us down. So again, how much of that is Mourinho's fault? But then when you knock on from that, it's like, well, part of his fault is that he's he's uh, not identifying that he's relying on personnel that clearly can't action what it is that he wants to do. I mean, was there a sense of that at United, you find? like Because when you were talking about it going south or you weren't playing particularly attractive football, did you feel like there was that reliance on just great players to dig you out of a tight spot on an individual basis? It was often Ibrahimovic, actually. Um, although he did miss a lot of chances himself. You know, it, I, to a degree, I don't think United under Mourinho actually showed that they had that much, you know, I think you see more moments in, in the, the United of now than we did then. Maybe it's because they score more goals. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I always felt that under Mourinho at United, that United were just, I, I see, I see so many similarities between Tottenham now and United then it's, it's actually quite, quite scary. Um, the, the complaints about, you know, you don't see anybody moving or pressing or pressing in the right way. You don't see movement off the ball. You don't see enough, you know, uh, ideas. You don't see enough forward passes. You don't see the ball moved at speed. I I, I definitely think that that thing you mentioned about the, what the Real Madrid players said, it's, it's always going to follow him, <laughs> to be fair. Um, I saw a lot of the problems that Tottenham Tottenham fans are saying now, I saw that at United a lot, but they still ended up winning matches and I'm not really sure how. Um, it was always, you know, sit in and just hope that you can just nick something late on. I remember there was a there was a game at Old Trafford I went to when I think Christian Eriksen missed from two yards um, and United ended up five minutes later going down the other end and scoring through Martial, I think the next season or the season before Mkhitaryan scored in a 1-0 win um, these types of you know little um, these small moments I, I suppose I suppose you're right in a sense you know um, it was always about keeping it tight and then just having your attackers do the business and it was literally you go out there and do the business I'm not going to tell you what to do you kind of you come up with it on the day and it it doesn't scream I'm drilling this into the players. It's it's more it's more of a I'm just going to stop us conceding goals. You you have to do the rest of it. Um, I don't really know. Is that the case for Spurs now? Is that is that what you see? Well, yeah. I mean, it it seems to be that you know the only people really that score or even contribute to goals now are Son and Kane. Um, and we've just seen us look totally, totally lost every time those two aren't playing together. It it just 
it just seems like there's no idea, you know. I mean, it 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 seems absolutely astonishing to say, but even shameful that really, I mean, when I when I even think about a game like Marine in the FA Cup, <laughs> who are an eighth tier football club, you know, like literally an eighth tier side. I didn't really watch even Spurs then and think like, wow, we're we're dominating this team like you know, like what they actually are, which is a sem a semi professional outfit. You know, it was a semi professional yeah. football club, and it was still just individual moments really. Um, from I mean, Delhi, ironically, was a bit <laughs> of a spark that evening. Um, who. They just seem to be expressing themselves because they were afforded the freedom to by a team that was comprised of plumbers and electricians. With all due respect to them, I'm not saying that in a in a you know divisive fashion. But we're talking about elite level footballers who still almost. It's just it is hard watching Spurs at the moment purely because. I just don't really see what we are. You know, I look at I look at a team like Liverpool, yeah, they're in relatively speaking to what they've been the past few years, a very difficult moment, right? I think that that's the that's the football lingo now, isn't it? A difficult yeah. moment. But you still see some identity there. You still see them moving, working for each other, playing the type of football that you've seen Liverpool characterise the past few years as kind of, I don't know, heavy metal football mark two, should we say, that like since Klopp sort of dropped his gag and press, he has sort of expanded on, you know, a sense of more defensive solidity, but keeping that flair going forwards, keeping players who are operating in these kind of interchanging patterns and playing short passes and playing with great intensity. Same with a team like Manchester City, you can see uh, an identity there. And now, notably, for whatever people want to say about him, I would say for the first time since Ferguson, more of an identity at Manchester United now under under Solskjaer. You know, a, t a team that does op operate on a basis of working for one another, of passing of of interchanging kind of between areas of the pitch with actual fluidity now um whereas I don't, I don't think you could say that for for quite some time of of you guys yeah again probably since Ferguson um but now at Spurs like I just I just don't see what it is that we are I don't see kind of what our plan is other than <laughs> you know well we have some really good players who should be able to score in this game and that's honestly that's what it felt like even against West Brom yeah okay people are talking about oh that could be a bit of a moment that might be a change I mean West Brom were, were an our guff they're an awful <laughs> side and Really, honestly speaking, we laboured to a two-nil win over them. And all right, in in context, we just lost three on the bounce, and we were looking dreadful. And there are plenty of positives to take from that, stopping the rot. But I didn't think it was a great performance. I didn't think we looked particularly good. 
Um, and notably, it's Son and Kane again that scored for us. Um, of course it is, yeah. It, it, so, I don't know. On, on, yeah. on what you say there, uh, in terms of you don't know what to expect out of Spurs, you don't really see an identity in a sense. I don't, I don't know if you'll ever really get that with Mourinho in, from a playing style perspective. Um, you know, he has his way of, you know, setting up defensively and trying to catch people on the break. But you can't do that all the time. I think Mar- the way Mourinho identifies himself and his teams is by winning things. <laughs> and honestly, I think yeah. that League Cup final is so big for, for Mourinho and for Tottenham. I know it is only a League Cup final, but the way that I think Mourinho will identify himself is not necessarily through a playing style, it's through what he wins. And you could even come eighth and win the League Cup. And I think Mourinho would still be talking about winning the League Cup because that is all he judges himself on, you know? Um, it's it's funny, is it? it almost this League Cup, and I'm... I'm I'm honestly not. I'm very dismissive of the League Cup in general as a as a thing, but this it it feels like it kind of transcends just winning the League Cup for Tottenham this year. If you get what I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess kind of on that, if we're talking about like Mourinho success, identity, um, and now looking at Solskjaer in charge of United, I mean. Number one, I, I guess, when you look back on Mourinho's tenure and you see kind of the ups and downs of it, do you see it as net good? Um, if you'd have asked me that at the end of season two, I'd have said yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of difficult because it was only six months after, or I think he, he got sacked just before Christmas in the December and everything went so far downhill that it was very toxic um, in a very short period of time. Um, I think when United did come second, I thought that United were, if they'd have gone Mourinho's way and invested the money in the players that he wanted at that time, I think they could have kicked on. If they could have kept him happy at that time, they probably could have kicked on. Whether, whether they would have ended up winning the league or whatever, I, I highly doubt it because, you know, of the levels Tottenham and uh, City and Liverpool ended up reaching. Do I consider it a success? Probably, probably not because I, I don't think that, um, I don't think he ended up achieving enough at the time that he was there to, to justify calling it a success. But he, I, I'm. I will say that he. There were there were points where I felt like he was the right man for it. It just that that second summer that he had after the second season was so decisive, in which way it ended up going, and it's it's about how far like the club that he's managing wants to go on the journey with him. Um, I think if if United had gone and <laughs> sold the players that Mourinho wanted to sell and bought the players that Mourinho wanted to buy in that summer, they probably could have gotten another season or an 18 months out of him with United continuing to improve. But as soon as you could, you could see it on United's preseason tour of the U S that, that summer, he was not, not nice to be around. And it was all because of what United were going to do that summer. I think, um, 
just because of how it ended, I don't think it was. But there were times where Mourinho had me convinced that he could actually go and be the one who would be who would win that league title. <laughs> and I think I've not felt that with a manager since Ferguson. Uh, so perhaps not not a success looking back on it, but with a caveat that there were times that I thought I, I believed in him. If you know what I mean. Mm. I mean, how if how important then is it to you that I guess having having tasted a, a level of success, I guess at the expense of you know maybe progress in a uh, uh, with a project manager or whatever you want to say, but still just that kind of cold hard silverware that he did bring to you. Versus now the proposition of somebody like Solskjaer, where there is such a strong emotional connection with Solskjaer and the club, um, he has brought some identity. But you know, there is always going to be that question mark as to whether or not he is the right type of man. Until you know, he maybe delivers something for you, something major. Because um, I don't think we can count that out yet. Um, just how 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 important does it feel to you as a fan to maybe have something now that you can you can get behind a bit more versus just because you know let let's make no kind of secret of the fact that united have you dominated english football for for a decade you've sure. you've you know won everything that most football supporters will never ever experience their clubs having done um, and I think like what, you know, when you've seen kind of the appointments since and they've, they've all been fairly catastrophic in their own right, really, other than maybe Mourinho, I would say, just from the outside. Um, now, has it given you a greater appreciation for perhaps the journey as opposed to the destination? Yes, I would, I would say so. Um, just because... Although I don't know whether that's a direct result of Mourinho's reign, I think it's it's the way that United have run their club over the last eight years or whatever it is. Um, you know, the squad that Solskjaer inherited was the work of five different managers or four different managers, however however many it is: Ferguson, Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho. He took he took players who've been bought in each of those reigns, and he had to work out a way to to find out the players he could continue the journey with him. But it's so important that United have got somebody like him, like him, uh, you know, it, it, his appointment has been mocked a lot of the time. I've not always been convinced that he is the right person. Um, and I not happily hold my hands up and say that. Um, but I do see the job that he is trying to do. I, I, maybe not always in the playing style, but from the personnel perspective, and I think Tottenham will eventually go into, not that you've had as many managers as United have had in that time, um, but you will, it, a point will come where the squad has to regenerate and you have to get the right man afterwards, um, after Mourinho's gone, whenever that is, um, in order to unite the fan base again and to bring that kind of belief back that everyone's pulling in the right direction, in the right interest of the club. Because let, let's be real, 
Mourinho as a hire did not go hand in hand with Man United's traditions. It doesn't go hand in hand with Tottenham's traditions. It's all about the now with with Mourinho, and it's about how far you can get with him in charge. Um, it's about how how deep you want to go into the way Mourinho does things. It's about how long you want to do it for. Um, but I, I really think that if Tottenham want to go and win something and not go back into a rebuild for five years in the hope that they can get back towards where they could win something, Mourinho is the right person to just be in there just to take them over that edge to, you know, to to stop fans believing that they're the nearly men, to stop the players who are joining the club believing that they they can actually win trophies at Tottenham. Uh, it's, it's, and I think that there's a lot of commercial reasons for it as well. I think Mourinho coming into Spurs is it's a it's a ploy by Levy to bring Spurs into another stratosphere. You know, they've got this amazing stadium, they've got this amazing new training ground, all of these different things. I think Tottenham are right there and in, in in a sense to be competing alongside the you know the traditional biggest clubs in England because they've got everything. They just don't really have that um, that trophy cabinet. I, I, that's not intended as a dig. You know, it's, it's just they need to win things and they've identified Mourinho as the right person to win things in order to put them on a, on a level playing field with the other teams in England who have won loads of things. You know, I, th- I think that's where they're coming at it from. It's, a, it's just about how long it can go on for. Extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.